electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. We're live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures. we get started with trading here 30 minutes from now. And as Joe just told you, we're now looking up on the markets. Of course, after we got uh, some data about a half hour ago, turned things around a bit. Let's get to our roadmap this morning. Uh, we're going to start with some uh, earnings uh, that uh, show some cloud computing gloom. Salesforce and Snowflake both being weighed down by slower growth. Plus, former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried denies committing fraud, but admits that he screwed up. And that Apple pylon, Meta Zuckerberg, calls Apple's App Store control not a sustainable not a sustainable, but Elon Musk now calls his criticism a misunderstanding. Sometimes I feel like if you write it there, I will read it, and I don't even know what I said. I'm not quite sure. It's okay, thank you. But we will get to that. Uh, in particular, Musk and Cook sort of making up, taking a nice stroll around the pond at Apple's, Apple's HQ. Uh, and we'll also get to Zuckerberg. But let's start with Salesforce. Uh, you can see the stock is going to be down almost 8%. This, um, after posting quarterly results that were above street estimates, current quarter, guide, current quarter guidance, though, did come in at the low end of analyst forecasts. And, of course, the bigger news is that Brett Taylor is stepping down as co-CEO. That's effective January 31st. Mark Benioff will become sole CEO once again. And, of course, will also remain chairman. Here is what Mr. Benioff told Jim last night on Mad Money about Brett Taylor's departure. It's a gut punch. And, um, you know, running a company, and I've been doing this now for 25 years, you look for the best people in the world to bring them in. And um, the hardest part is when they uh, tell you that they want to uh, want to leave. And um, that's uh, where we are with Brett. Brett's going to be leaving at the end of the year. All right. Here's the man who conducted that interview. What do you think? Uh, okay. First, yeah. When I questioned whether there was conservative guidance, negative guidance, he said no. It's actual um, because there are some real slowdowns. There's some customers that are simply choosing to not spend a lot. Uh, the most impacted were retail, uh, consumer goods, uh, communications. Although T-Mobile did announce a big deal, but let's talk about Brett Taylor for a second. Okay. Mark, Mark, I've never seen Mark this upset. It was a hold back tears moment. We actually had to stabilize things before he went. Really? Yeah, because he loves Brett. So he was emotional about his departure. Extremely And it emotional. was a surprise to him, a real yeah, you surprise. You know, my wife happened to, very rare, my wife was there. Yeah. And we know, we know, um, we know Mark. Yes, I know. And Mark was, he was stunned and hurt. He loves Brett. And it was his he had lost composure, which is very unusual for a CEO. But Mark's an emotional guy. Yes. Brett Taylor beat Musk. 
Yes. As chairman of Twitter, <clears throat> he delivered for all those shareholders. Right. Um, most people would have been intimidated by Musk and back down. Brett Taylor drove that. He was the chairman. People may not realize he was the chairman of this while he was co-CEO. He beat Musk and beat him because he said, listen, Musk is going to pay this. I, I saw it at Dreamforce. He goes, this Musk Brett is Taylor going to pay it. did a great job. The right. law was on his side, uh, as I said throughout. Yeah, and he was uh, not scared, he, back down. He did prevail. Why is he leaving this company? He's got offers galore, and he's going to start his own company. Well, well so what's offers? He's co-CEO of one of the most important I technology think, companies out there. I think that his And tri- he's 42 years old. His triumph. Look at him. He's a kid. He's young. He's such a great guy. I totally understand. Look, there's a great coaching tree of, of uh, Benioff. I mean, you got, you got uh, Gassman uh, from Aviva. You, you, you have McKinnon from Octo. Actually, had a decent quarter. Uh, you have Eric Yuan. These uh, are all from, people who worked at Salesforce. Right. So they've all, I mean, uh, George Yu, who did some amazing work at Twilio and then went on, is fabulous. But the when you, no one's beaten Musk except for Taylor. So you can imagine, you've got this guy who's the most powerful man in the universe, and you have this very quiet, steadfast man who said, who told me when everyone thought that one, that the 52 was out of the question, he said, oh, he's paying it. I said, no, no, I mean, but everyone's scared, says your numbers are in. He said, the numbers are accurate, and he's paying. When everyone was saying, fear Musk, he was like, yes. who's Musk? Okay, you've come back to this twice now. Well, because it's well, right. That doesn't answer the question yeah, as to why see, he's leaving. Insurance, this is like... Okay, because he has so many opportunities. And he just feels like it's time. He's got great opportunities. I know Mark didn't want it to happen. Mark Mark loves Brett. I well, mean, it also follows Keith Block's departure, perhaps for different reasons. Different reasons. But nonetheless, co-CEO arrangement there as right. well, not that long ago, didn't work 20, out. Less than, what, 18 months? No, so I think you will know, be people justifiably who will say, wait a second, maybe you can't work with Mark. Um, I'm telling you, point blank, that that's untrue. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Brett when I was at it at Dreamforce. Uh, they are, he and Mark are very, very close, but the opportunities were too great. All right, so he's leaving for other opportunities. Obviously, well, he can turn down the opportunity. A young man, although one would expect being this co CEO of it, one of the more important technology companies, not a bad opportunity. Mark did everything he could to keep it. Everything. Okay. But, and he did a great job, but the opportunities were great. I'm not going to return to what I said because it's right and nobody else has it. And I, to repeat it myself is just to be self-aggrandizing. And I'm not going there. I'm not a banking-free character. I'm not going to tell you I'm sorry for stealing. Oh, I'm sorry. Allegedly stealing. For allegedly commingling. Um, for allegedly taking your money. For allegedly breaking We're going to get to him. We're oh, going to get to SBF. No, Let's mean, stick with, uh, with the name that you know very well. Well, I just um, felt bad for Mark. I mean, um, Mark was entirely okay. broken up. He didn't want it to happen. Let's let's talk about the numbers the themselves, itself. and then let's move on to Snowflake as well. Because yeah, okay. uh, you know, are these numbers reflective of this macroeconomic slowdown? Cited yesterday, for example, the Tate Briar for a bike crowd strike, which was down as much as twenty percent yesterday as well. Uh, you've been talking about this it's slowdown real. in cloud for quite it's some real. time. The people who are in retail and consumer goods. Communications and media. Uh, now, by the way, those areas were very strong for uh, the, for Snowflake. Remember, Snowflake is kind of disconsiderate. Rent the cloud with right. analytics. Snowflake so, is like, we don't, you don't need a long-term deal with us. Right. So short-term, it's the right time. It's where you want to go. 
But longer term, he's not sure, and they have a different, you know, non-rateable model, so you don't know what the numbers are going to be. So he goes eight percent margin margins. Now it's going to get under one percent, which is something that was quite daunting. I mentioned that to, yeah. to Frank Slootman last night. Uh, he said, "Look, he actually had a Belichick moment. He is Belichick like." He said, "The guy, Jim, the guidance is the guide." You know what? Let's listen to actually the guidance uh, is guidance. Let's, let's, great moment. Let's, let's listen to that moment uh, from Frank Slootman last night on Mad Money. The guidance is the guidance, and uh, you know uh, you always have to wait and see how it plays out. We think these numbers are are formidable uh, in in any reasonable context. Obviously, you know the the sentiment in the market is a little stressed out, and you know, people react very strongly, and that's that's understood. But you know we live in the real world, and uh, you know we just go you know one day at a time, one one quarter at a time. He is like the Belichick. Yeah, of, he's, uh, oh, he's total Belichick. If you don't yeah. know your stuff with Snowflake, yeah. he will completely dismiss you. Does he wear a sweatshirt he, hoodie around no, the office no, but he most would of the time? Basically, yeah. tell you, you know, listen, you don't like it well, on the Cincinnati. Does he sleep in a cave. But he slept, <laughs> no, but in a cot. In a cot. At the end of a quarter when he was in service now. I always imagine was, Belichick sleeps in a cave. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I know that, I don't. that he slept in a cot mm. at the end of service now quarter. When he built service now to the great company that it currently is, yeah, Bill McDermott's taken it to another level. But I will say, without a doubt, the quarter was the best quarter of cloud. Right, and the stock is but, not suffering. Well, um, right, well, it's the best quarter of the, of the cloud. And it was down 15 at one point. That's because people did not hear the interview. And the interview was basically, hey, we, we had a great quarter. Uh, the guidance is the guidance, which was, I know, the level of surety there I actually like. It, Mark, on the other hand, served, you know, yeah, Benioff from Salesforce. Mark on Salesforce yes. is basically saying some companies have really said, you know what, we've got to be really careful here because we're not sure. Now other companies and so are we're saying gonna, this we're is our put our foot on the brake a bit in terms right. of some of our dollar spending. continues to be weak. I mean, if you were Jay Powell, first quarter though, by the way, now Jim, we're starting to put. Yeah, no, no. <clears> That's <throat> why if you're listening to Jay Powell, that was your Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, versus say Mr. Bullard, who's not the Federal Reserve yes. Chairman. You would say to yourself, "Wow, what happened in the last six weeks?" Well, we, you and I, you and I talked a lot about, especially the second, the last, last two weeks. weeks of October, for example. October was we one of the worst that. months. You in and this I both month. got, and from different people, but right. we got uh, evidence that things had had slowed, sometimes dramatically, but just slowed. And how many times did you hear? Have you heard 2008 mentioned in the last 48 hours? Yeah, that one I don't. Not that on, one I don't buy. Not on the. Um, systemic right. risk of the country, but of the, wow, I got to cut back because I'm afraid of 2008. In other words, there is no 2008, but they're just afraid because they remember what it was like. Before we move on, to, uh, you know, maybe uh, Starboard just picked a bad time to be an activist on Did this thing on Salesforce because Mar- it was only recently that, of course, Jeff Smith came out with that a position in Salesforce, just saying they've not generated meaningful operating leverage relative to peers in recent years. Their long-term targets are less ambitious than peers. The valuation discount is largely the result of their subpar mix of growth and profitability, and on from there. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that he, they bought back more than a billion and a half stock. The margins were up, which is something that Starboard wanted. Uh, and let's be sure, everybody knows this. I've actually done a lot of work on the relationship between Starboard and Salesforce, and it actually is amicable. This is not one of those faux amicable things. It's right. Real. Right. It's there. 
Okay. They're working together yeah. to try to figure out how to make it. And that at the same said, time, it, it may maybe not a great, uh, you know, not a great stocks time. down since right. he's well, gotten it. Because in. there's people who are using Salesforce less. Yeah. And then there are other people. Look, the biggest customer. Okay, so because that's the street.com. We had the CEO, and one day he came in and said, look, we got to eliminate Salesforce because we're in trouble. And our numbers went down big. It was just a really bad way to save money, yep. is to cut out Salesforce. Then another time when the company was doing poorly, we brought in Salesforce and started doing better. And, you know, there's things, some companies are wise and up their Salesforce spending, and others are cut back, and they tend to do worse. And that's pretty much it. And you know who, ch- who stepped yeah. up and spent more? Who? Mike Siever at T-Mobile. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. they're in a very good spot. Yeah. They're one of the, I mean, you know. And Michael uh, Dell st- stepped up. And Brian Moynihan from Bank of America stepped up. They all added. They moved ahead. Um, all right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a bit Brother? about Sam Bankman-Fried because you you want to. You know you do. Uh, FTX founder uh, Sam Bankman-Fried did continue to speak out. You want him? He's available now. Apparently, uh, this, of course, after the collapse of the cryptocurrency exchange, he sat down with Andrew Ross Sorkin yesterday at the Deal Book Summit. Bankman-Fried struck back against those who accuse him of fraud. I didn't ever. Uh try to commit fraud on anyone. I, I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. I was shocked by what happened this month. And, you know, reconstructing it, I, where are there things I wish I had done differently? There was no person who was chiefly in charge of positional risk of customers on FTX. And that feels pretty embarrassing in retrospect. Didn't really keep a close eye on that Alameda, apparently, uh, Jim. Uh, It was his first interview. Apparently, he may have done another one already today. Uh, I would assume his lawyers have just thrown their hands up and said, we're we're just done with you. But he feels compelled somehow to continue to speak. It's obviously a fascinating story for many, uh, regardless of whether Uh, they have any any involvement in the crypto world at all. It's still uh, been fascinating to watch and listen to, and obviously kudos to It was to a fabulous Andrew. interview by Andrew. Now, there's a couple things. Now, having gone to Harvard Law School but you know, and became a member of the, law, uh, of the bar, I will say this. That guy is a clueless idiot. It, intent means nothing. Saying sorry means nothing. If you co-mingled, if you had no record keeping, those are against the law. It's not like they're like, you know what, I was sloppy and I feel bad and I'm sorry. No, you were sloppy, you didn't keep records. Illegal, all right? So if you're admitting to illegality, even though you think that you had no intent, the U.S. attorney does not care one whit about intent. What the U.S. attorney cares about is did you break the law? Like, you don't go to the U.S. attorney and say, man, I'm, I'm really I sorry. Didn't I, I didn't mean it. I didn't even it. hurt anybody. No, it's against the law. Now, at... Being a nice guy, which he clearly is, he is, is irrelevant. Many people that I've spoken to, met him, known him, describe him that way. It doesn't mean a thing. It though. means absolutely nothing. No. Some of the nicest people I know have spent some serious time in jail. Um, and he I does, mean, really he nice does seem genuinely sorry. Uh, but again, there are many out there who believe he's just a pathological liar. Well, I'm that. You he's are. He's a pathological liar. He's a con man. Uh, he, he admits to, doing, to co-mingling. Uh, two accounts that shouldn't be commingled, but then he says it doesn't really matter, and I feel badly. Well, you know what? Again, it doesn't matter if he's a pathological liar, or the most honest man in America. The fact is, he broke the law, 
And I understand why his lawyers don't want to talk, because a lot of times what the lawyers say is, if you admit and you do not seek Fifth Amendment protection, we can't help you. You will probably go to jail. See, lawyers say, you know, it's perhaps better that you don't say that you did the crime. Yeah. That tends to be why lawyers are lawyers. Um, well, it's an important point you make. Again, his saying, I didn't knowingly commingle funds doesn't so mean Matt, a it, thing. It really, I mean, that law is so, look, I was in it's a hedge fund. If you commingle funds, your lawyers, and I had good lawyers, said, okay, that's, you'll probably go to jail for that. Don't commingle. So I would say, but I didn't have any intent to commingle, which I did not commingle. For now. And, you know, wow. I, I mean, think he's wow. still hanging at the Albany Club, although I don't know how he's paying those monthly dues. But is he in Baker's Bay, Doom Dad? I mean, no, he's at, at the him? Albany Club. No, but if you looked at some of these Baker's Bay, you know, what about Baker's Bay? That's not the stuff. Baker's, what about it? I'm sorry, but we we should just take up golf and go to these places. They're very expensive, Jim. No. But if you invite me as your guest, no, I just did some looking. Yeah, my wife taking a look. I think you might even it's have to expensive. sell. I don't think it's you good. You might value. have to sell a couple of houses. I think to get Wheels one Up is a bit bad. How's that stock doing? Wheels Up. Is that good? Coming up, Mark Zuckerberg, another very close friend of Jim's, defends his very metaverse close. strategy and weighs in on Apple. Of course, uh, also uh, he was a guest at the Deal Book Summit. We'll have those details straight ahead. Let's give you another look at futures. We get started with trading here about 13 minutes from now. And as you see, following at least it would seem in the early going on what was a very strong rally yesterday, of course, after those perhaps more dovish comments from the Fed chair. Or squawk in the street, straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Well, if you've been watching us for any length of time, you know that uh, those shares right there at Meta, you can see it up in the right-hand corner, down almost 65% this year. And actually, that's way off the lows. Hurt, of course, by, in part, the enormous record-setting spending that the company has undertaken to create the Metaverse. Yesterday, though, at the DealBook Summit, Mark Zuckerberg defended Meta's strategy. He told Andrew Ross Sorkin, quote, a lot of people like, okay, we're just totally focused on the metaverse. We're not focused on the social media part and the family apps. That's basically wrong. The vast majority of my time and the vast majority of the company's effort is going towards the social media efforts. The engagement we're seeing in these apps is strong. There's somewhat of a perception that it's not going as well for some reason, but internally from all the numbers that we see, the metrics are strong. Um, okay. I turn to you. All right, so Instagram, people are checking it as much as they used to, but people aren't posting as much. And they don't know what to do about that. They're in a panic about that, actually. 
So let's say you check seven times, but people only post twice a day. That is the issue. But what did you make about this pivot that he seems to be saying, wait wait a second, you know, well, I think it's not just metaverse and we're much more focused and my time is more. I mean, is is that genuine? He did make a series of very, you know, a lot of people feel he didn't do anything with Instagram. He bought it. He actually made a lot of serious changes. I think people feel that he has to be, that that this is his baby, metaverse, and he's going to show you it works. Uh, But people have not, it has not caught fire. No, it's early. It, and, and he, and he believes this is a long-term effort. Yeah, but at the same time, it is a public company. And I think it's just, you know, my travel trust owns it. We own a little bit. We had bought it 18, 20 when people gave up. I, well, we've, we, we know where, yeah, we've been down the emotional road with you and Meta. But it is an emotional road. You know why? Why? Because if you try to do business with Meta, they don't really, they're not capable of doing business. What does that mean? Well, you know, there's supposed to be a mall. A meta mall, but it's not anything. You can't, there's no real meta mall. People are trying to figure out what meta is still. Uh, is stick figures, uh, whereas you could use mirror from uh, Lululemon to, uh, to exercise against. It's uh, not commercial. It's considered cumbersome. Many of the smart people I dealt with in the last 48 hours were in, who were involved in some uh, of Andrew's work are basically saying that what was said is not really what's happening. And that Zuckerberg is really trying very hard to figure out, but loves the metaphors. But it's a multiple year thing, except for it's in public companies you don't do rebuild. It's, look, if it's the NFL, he's saying well, it's year four. Again, in year four, Jim, you can come the watch. The stock has responded positively to the, impact of, the impact of, of cost cutting. Alphabet, I think, has to lay off a lot of people. They probably may not like that agreement. I you know, agree with them. They have to. Amazon, we know, has to. Well, Amazon has undertaken layoffs. Uh, Meta has. Uh, Salesforce uh, said Alphabet, no. Alphabet, not so much. Salesforce said and no. Salesforce no. said no. Snowflake. No. All right. All right. Start thinking about your mad dash because that's what's okay. coming up right here. No of course, we have an opening bell seven minutes away. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. talk yields a little bit. Of course, you can see what happened after Chair Powell spoke yesterday. Uh, you also most likely know what happened to the equity markets, but there's a look at that tenure uh, at 3592. Go back a little bit. It wasn't that many weeks ago, right? We were above four. We're back after this. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash. We'll get an opening bell about a minute from now. Five below. Winner, new champion of companies that offering great value. It's five below. Uh, versus, say, uh, Dollar General, which had problems with distribution levels, some inflationary issues. Five below, which I happen to have on tonight, reported a remarkable quarter with uh, strength throughout. I mean, a lot of people remember how we said October was weak. These guys just have a runway that is rather incredible. And they're talking about still opening a lot of stores. David, it's squi- it's Squishmallow, 
The Squishmallow products are very good. Uh, the what? Squishmallow. 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 What is, okay. And uh, candy did very well. Got it. Well, I, when I first heard of Five Below, of course, I thought it was a like an REI yes. kind of store. It's not. But no, Five Below is the place to go. Nine billion dollar you have a pause building, and here is the opening. Take a look back at the real-time screen with uh, headquarters. We have more green on that board. Uh, we kind of moved into positive territory after we got data at 8.30. Here's big board. Um, world Vision Strong Women, Strong World, Empowering Women and Girls in Poverty. Know the NASDAQ. The Index IQ celebrating the launch of a new suite of ETFs, because one thing the world needs, need Jim, more is more ETFs. Yes. David, I want to come back to something you've been talking about. Please. Credit Suisse. Today it's down 6.4%. It's funny you started there. I mean, I have been spending time in it yet again this morning. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Well, I mean, I just think that at this point, I don't know if it's a right software. I, I don't know the way out. Credit Suisse is interesting, and I also we have a chart now of the credit default swaps because you want to keep an eye on them as well. Listen, it's still above the 250 Swiss franc level that it would, you know, if it passed below that. By the way, the charts that you'll see are in dollars. When you look at the Swiss franc, it's it, chart, it's lower. In other words, it's closer to 270 right now. Um, it's an issue. Now, remember, it's backstop. So the banks have stepped up for the rights offering, but then you sell the rights, people give you money for them, the 250, then they have the right to buy this, the stock. The problem is if it falls below that, nobody's going to do it. And then the larger question becomes, are assets still flowing out, as I believe they are, uh, to what level, and can they continue to raise more capital? Not to mention making sure the, the, uh, the rating agencies are kept happy. It, it's, it's a difficult, um, thing to execute right now for the company, Jim, when it's when it cannot stem the flow of assets and prevent its stock price from continuing this decline. You you, you got to sort of get there. Are there institutions Stabilize. or countries that simply will not let this go? Yeah, I mean, there's a thought that the Swiss won't let it go. Is there really systemic risk here? That's unclear. Certainly, there are derivatives, and there are you know plenty of there's some counterparty risk perhaps, but. We're talking about a, a, a giant wealth manager, not a great deal of systemic risk. I just want to keep um, in front of people. And then, you know, many people say, well, it'll just end up, you know, UBS will just sort of port, port over a lot of it. But there'll be a we, day we, where people we'll say, we'll see, Jim. Know, it, it, really worry. It's too early. Okay. Uh, you know, what, why we followed it so closely is in part, it's just a, it's a franchise that's been around for a long time, but has, you know, never failed to miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Yeah, I've been one of the know? old days, it was right. great. Wasn't it Abi even said that um, uh, they, about the peace process? So they just, they get it all wrong. Um, they have throughout, um, not a lot of stock owned by those who, uh, who've run the company, but man, they've been paid pretty well. Over the last seven years, Jim, they've raised, the amount of money they've raised in capital exceeds their current market cap by more than 20%. So. You didn't happen to catch this piece by Morgan Stanley about the downside risk of some of the riskier lenders, uh, Allied Financial. No. Very, very weak. Um, a lot of real negative things to say about the uh, uh, Capital One uh, synchrony. I don't know. 
I, I think a lot of people are very worried. And that, what the thesis is, these lenders in, in that, okay, some way that, are at risk uh, because of a recession? Or There's a great line here uh, by Betsy Grace. It's just a great analysis. As times get tougher, consumers increasingly will have to prioritize who to pay. Uh, and who to pay? Well, repaying consumer lenders comes after paying for food, shelter, and energy. You know, there's a very, there's a very interesting Merchant of Venice-like analysis. Um, Shakespeare holds up in almost every stock that yeah, I follow. Yeah, Bart, he's, he's Salesforce dragging down the Dow. Salesforce is drag. Yes, of course, we did spend a good amount of time on it. Um, but it is down almost 10% now. It really hurt the tail. It should have added, I don't know, what could they have added that would have changed the fortunes of um, Jim, it's, it's been a rough year for this company's stock, not to mention really the last couple of years. Look, it was, the Brett Taylor thing was just astounding. People loved Brett. Yeah. Loved Brett. Brett was very accessible. Brett was very sports fan. Good job last night. Sorry about the Phillies. I mean, he was like one of those guys. Well, he still is. He's just not going to be there anymore. He's not dead. All right. You're right. Absolutely. I don't want to get emotional. I'm not emotional about him to say that he was during the period when Musk was uh, basically calling him and his whole company a fraud. He was. Yeah, I really don't Twi- care. Twitter shareholders I, I will care. be forever thankful to Brett Taylor for holding the line there. Do Obviously, really along with other people on the board and saying, 5420s, 5420s, sorry, my man. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they got it. Yeah, and there's and now it's Elon Musk, and, and obviously every day we talk about what he's doing with Twitter. By the way, that actually brings me to what do you make of Musk and Cook getting together uh, and seemingly ironing out some of the what seemed to be a building hostility and kind of diffusing it? Tim Cook's very good at doing that. It would, it would well, it's because Tim Cook is a true customer person and also someone who is very rational. There's no emotion. I say, look, you know, this here's the cards. This is what you've been dealt. Cards are fair. And, and if you don't sit down with him and you just throw bombs, it doesn't work. It, it just, I mean, I've always helped, for instance, China. They do a huge amount of business. They're always waiting, I'm always waiting for people to say, you know, duplicitous. But he makes a lot of stuff in China. He's a big employer in China. And uh, the people are not, the people who work and live in China are not the enemy of the United States. They're not. No. They don't, man would love to come here and work. There's a grave misperception about what the people feel like in, in that country about the United States. And Tim Cook understands that. Um, well, whatever he, he said to Musk seems to have worked. Yeah. Um, he indicated there was never a plan to throw them out of the app store. That was a tweet from Musk sort of showing where he was and thanking uh, Cook for taking him around. What he said is the beautiful headquarters there, of course, in Argentina. Uh, well, very, I think pretty. Musk, we forget, at the beginning of Tesla, he made a lot of mistakes. And then he, of course, corrected. And maybe he can do that with Twitter, which so far no one's noticed that much difference. And he's fired, what, half the people? Uh, Honestly, I mean, think about it. Has Twitter changed? Has Twitter gotten worse, even though the sales, the sales whole group has been kind of laid off there? No, I think a lot of people are waiting, hedging their bets. Right. But um, I'm waiting I'm for them still, to understand the power. I'm still using it. But you, look, um, if, if the consumer brands are cutting back, 
that's very bad for them. Right. Uh, and obviously, Apple is one of the larger advertisers on the platform, and that clearly was something that was important you know, uh, to a, Musk as well. Um, didn't stop Zuckerberg from going after him. Apple. Well, he ought to. Zuckerberg was, his business was pretty much destroyed by Apple. Apple decided they didn't want you to, Apple decided that the customers don't want to be tracked. Now, why did they do that? Because the customers didn't want to be tracked. I mean, there's not a lot of counterintuitive. How many billions did they, in in advertising, did they destroy as a result of those changes in iOS? There's Zuckerberg on Apple saying, you know, that they trying to control unilaterally what apps get on a device, and that's not a sustainable or good place to be. Well, no. I mean, the people really like what Tim Cook did. People are tired also of saying something like you and I are talking. Like, let's say I say, you know, I need a new pair of shoes. And then, like, I get Allbirds for the rest of the day. I mean, what did I, I didn't mean to. Hi, I love Faber. Now I'm going to get things about Faber College. A great school. Knowledge is good. Or Hamilton Faber. Or Hamilton Faber, the analyst that we discovered yesterday in London. Yeah. Apparently no relation. None whatsoever. Different tribe, as you said. Different branch. David, can I just talk about, of all these these companies of this particular area, your uh, Airbnb, Mm -hmm. uh, Uber, uh, Lyft, the only one that is really holding up right now is Etsy. Okay. Etsy price target raise has become the theme. And I think what's happened here is, is that this is one of the rare companies where people tasted Etsy during the lockdown and decided, you know what? This is how I can buy a present that isn't like everybody's present. And I want to continue to watch Etsy as being very much like what I, I happen to like the store Macy's. I happen to because I think Jeff Ness is doing a good job. But this is a department store of stuff that you can't buy anywhere else. Right. And Etsy is the one, I think, that makes the comeback off the north face of Everest that you're seeing And there. unlike so many others, is still actually up substantially since the pandemic. That said, it is still down 48% over the last right. year. How about two that went down too much? Uh, Okta and Splunk. Okay. People think the world was coming to an end at both of those. And... Uh, they're actually making a bit of a comeback. Um, Jim, you and I both took note of a note this morning from Wedbush. I noted it because it sort of wandered into my area uh, of, of you know, M&A and risk arm. A lot of focus. Uh, there will be, especially this month, because we're coming close to it, on Activision and the sale to Microsoft. Um, 95 bucks a share in cash. We talked about it last week on that political story where they were indicating that sources close to the FTC were close to potentially acting to block the deal. But I don't know what Wedbush thinks they know or don't know, but they simply say, we think you should buy the stock because they expect Microsoft's acquisition to be completed at the proposed, at the proposed, it's not the proposed price, it's at the price you don't of 95 a share. You don't do that unless you're sure that piece. Well, I, you know, I can't imagine there's no, an no. analyst at Wedbush who, uh, it's Pactor. I don't know. What does he know? That, what, by what the way, he's like a stooge. No, I don't know. Does he have any sources in the antitrust that world? That piece is written as if he knows that this thing's going through. I have no idea what yeah, he knows. I mean, you, know. This piece is either hubris. Yeah. Or he may, I will say this. I don't necessarily directionally believe that political story from last week was correct. Um, these are always difficult things to do. I don't have any reporting that I would go out strong with. Right. But 
this is, uh, I was quite this is a situation that continues to bear watching. This is and those who believe that that there's a extraordinarily high likelihood that it's going to get blocked. Let's give it a little more time. By the way, you got the EU and the and the Chinese still. I mean, it's so many different things to wade through here. I know. Um, can um, we'll go back. We'll mention Kroger when we come back. Yeah, we will. We will. We got to take a break because we're going to be getting uh, data. But let's give you a quick bond report. Uh, of course, take a look at how treasuries are faring. You saw yields, of course, came off yesterday after the Fed uh, chairman spoke. The market responded quite positively. And you can see where we stand right now as Good well. Good deflator today. The, uh, yeah, the two-year 4337. Back wow. Brad. That's a major move. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live at CMEHQ with some more breaking news. We're going to be getting our November final read on S&P Global Manufacturing PMIs. The mid-month read was 47.6. It now gets replaced with 47.7. And 47.7 still remains the lowest level for this indice since May of 2020 when it was 39.8. And like many PMIs across the globe, it is definitely weakening, and many believe these are the early signs of a potential recession at some point down the road. Remember, yesterday, two-year notes closed at a one-month low yield, 10-year at a two-plus-month low yield. The dollar finished the month down 5%, and it's down another 1% today. Remember, Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. All right, welcome back. Uh, chance for us to talk a little bit about uh, Kroger. Yeah, you know, look, this is one that they really did blow the numbers away. It's 6.9% comp sales. This is extraordinary. Stock was up very big. Then as the call went on this morning, they started talking about there's no new news on the on this Albertson's deal. David, that's worrisome. Yep. We mentioned earlier the, uh, the notion of Microsoft. But... Uh, Lena Khan has, has really already really spoken on this issue. Doesn't want this kind Lena of. Lena Khan, of course, who runs the FTC right. Federal and, Trade and Commission. And I know the Cantor, uh, the Assistant Attorney General, Franchise, will not be involved. As I understand, it's really just Ken. But he was, would not be looking at his writings involved in this. Uh, no new now, uh, in, no new uh, stuff about the merger. Okay. Uh, exp- end of Express deal going to cost him a hundred million dollars, but. I, I but the just, numbers themselves were pretty were good. But, but I, I guess what I'm saying is that I was just, I was really kind of blown away by how good the numbers were. And by the way, once again, consumers seems to be trading down. There's uh, their own products, which are quite good, down to the store brand. Yeah, right. Are, uh, doing better. Yeah. They uh, it, Rodney with is a really terrific, terrific merchant, and I am still. Uh, I, I understand what he keeps talking about is that union jobs will be preserved in the deal, mm-hmm. which is a direct appeal to President Biden. But the key, the key is you, you and I have discussed this in the past. Is the competitor created by the divestitures is that a viable competitor? No, that I mean, becomes what, the key question. It's a Safeway. It's the Safeway deal, the merger, where Safeway created a new entity to merge with Albertsons. Uh, what the what they used an outfit called Hagen. Uh, Hagen went bankrupt five months after Hagen bought a lot of stores. And Lena Khan wrote about this, saying this is precisely the kind of deal that will not back. So uh, Rodney McMullen intends to put a lot of money into a new deal that will be able to create a competitor. And Lena Khan and, by the way, uh, Cantor at Justice have said it doesn't matter. Th- those are bad. They don't work. So I don't know. Now, as you've always told me, Jim, 
You seem to forget the fact that you can appeal their rulings. You yes, can you can, of course. Court. Yeah. So abso- obviously, Wait, it you can court. just defend yourself in court if they bring, as right. we, as so we know, I, right? I, I mean, AT and T successfully defended itself, completed the uh, Time Warner right, merger. That right. said, so that could happen. It happened a year and whatever later than they wanted it to, right. and that was and, very detrimental. And that's what hurt Kroger, I think. Mm-hmm. The idea that look, this is going to drag on. And you may think it's going to be done quickly, and it's not. Right. So our same store sales may not mean anything to you at this point next year. Really and become a, a real distraction, very interesting. Very interesting. both for management and for uh, shareholders. All right, let's get over to Bob Bassani now. I got to check on this broader market after that big rally yesterday, Bob. Oh yeah, and uh, of course the Dow's down on Salesforce, but the S and P is up. Those PCE numbers are moving in the right direction. Inflation moving in the right direction. That's why we're up. And some of the risk on stuff every day. I put on the risk on stuff here. You want to look at Arc. Uh, you want to look at semiconductors uh, to the upside. You want to look at uh, metals and mining stocks. You see them all to the upside. And the defensive sectors tend to be underperforming. So the consumer staples, for example, uh, are down today. We are getting a little bit of a breakout on new highs, but it's very defensive. So some of the pharmaceuticals are at new highs. Merck's at a new high. Lilly's at a new high. Smucker's, uh, General Mills. It's about as defensive as you get for the new high list, uh, folks. And another interesting group, insurance companies are hitting 52-week highs, also generally considered fairly defensive. But there's Progressive Travelers, uh, Hartford Financial, uh, at new uh, Chubb, I wanted to put in there. uh, uh, That was a mistake there. But Chubb is also at a new 52-week high. Um, We are uh, breaking some potential downtrends on the S&P 500, folks. And yes, it... Technicals matter. When the fundamentals are confusing, people look at the technicals. We've been in a downtrend all year. This is the S&P 500. And you see we're right on the verge of breaking that downtrend. And yes, people watch technicals when the fundamentals are very confusing. So watch that. We're in an uptrend. Uh, We're about 14% off the highs uh, that we hit uh, a little over a month ago. So in terms of the markets, the good and the bad, uptrend for the S&P, good news. Two-year yield, downtrend, good news. Dollar, downtrend, good news. Earnings, however, are in a very clear downtrend, and that's a problem. Somebody's wrong here. Prices are up. Earnings are coming down rather quickly and dramatically, particularly by the strategists. Somebody's got this wrong. So here's the the consensus for uh, for the S&P for 2023 is $231. That's the analysts. The strategists all have numbers way below it. This morning, J.P. Morgan lowered their estimate for 2023 to $205. So these guys are way below what the analysts are. $200. 220 is about what we're doing in 2022. So the bottom line here is there's a lot of people expecting us to be flat to down for earnings next year, where the overall stock market is acting like, what recession? There isn't one that's going to happen. So the result is the multiple is going up here. Depending on how you look at the estimates, if you think 231 is what we're going to do, that's the current consensus, it's 17 times forward. That's about the historic average. But if you have 220, it's 18. You have 200, it's 20. You get towards 20, you have to make some very strong arguments that the economy is going to be doing fine. And obviously, uh, there's potential earnings growth out there. That's a pretty tall order for people to make. More typical on the street is J.P. Morgan. They just came out with their 2023 numbers today. Here's what they had to say. We expect the S&P 500 to retest this year's lows as the Fed over tightens into weaker fundamentals. And, you know, David, that seems to be the consensus here. So remember, these these 2023 comments, you're going to hear a lot in the next few days. They were written weeks ago. But things have changed rather significantly in the last few weeks. I wonder if some of these people can start taking some of this stuff back here. The, the markets are acting like if there's going to be a recession, it's going to be very, very mild 
or even some kind of soft landing. We'll keep an eye on this. But the only big wild card now is wage inflation. That's what you want to watch tomorrow on the jobs report. See if we see any kind of serious wage inflation. If not, we have another rally. David, back to you. Bob, thank you. Uh, Bob Asani. It's funny, Jim, we haven't talked as much about what was a big rally yesterday. Oh, huge. And I, I devoted the top of my show to it because how extraordinary it was. Uh, and I think that what you have to recognize is that a lot of it was fang. Yeah. They had been I mean, down, 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 down. There was a huge rebound in so many of the names that we yeah, obviously do talk about. It was a very important rally, so I felt, because what it said is, look, uh, yes, we're absolutely going to have tough quarters, but maybe 23 is better. Yeah. And we're, we're all in December. We're going to be... December when we care about 2023. Um, all right, we have time for a quick stop trading, and then we got to get to what's on that. Example: a PVH reported. Now that delivered bad, 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 bad quarters. Stefan Larson's there. This is a really good quarter. Wow. So that's Calvin Klein, uh, and, and that's Tommy Hilfiger, and they both did excellently. It's good to see. Yeah. Good. There, there are good things happening. Not everything is Salesforce. And uh, what's on the show tonight? Okay, I've got uh, the the winner, New Champion Five Below. Uh, remember what, what that is? I have, I have now been Mello, instructed, Mallow, yes, no. as, as to what they are. And then we have a tougher one, George Kurtz, CrowdStrike, who, who um, had his first, what I would say, not a strong quarter. Stock was down very badly. Actually. That's a good interview, actually. I'm looking oh, forward to that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I watched your Hormel interview last night, too. I did not drink any Spam No, juice. you only drink it with us. Yeah, you didn't yes. drink it on your yes. show. But uh, I can tell you that Applegate is the stuff we do use. That's the natural industry. Yeah. All right. I'll see good you there show. over there later. I, mean, I think it was know, a good show. What do you give it? What do you give it? What do you think? Show? Yeah, seven. B plus. B plus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go like seven, seven and a half out of ten. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.